What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. What a week in news we've seen over the last uh, few days right across the world. This is our international news review segment on Money FM 89.3. I'm joined by Purna Suri. She's the director of Clerico Communications here in Singapore. Very experienced broadcast journalist, has worked for Al Jazeera. Uh, BBC, Reuters. Welcome to Money FM. Thanks, Jason. Lovely to be here. Yes, it is. What a week it's been. We're going to start with a light uh, story, uh, something that a lot of entertainment fans would have noticed, that we have actually the first ever Emmy nomination for a lead actress who's an Asian. Yeah, that's right. So Sandra Oh, uh, who I was a big fan of while I was watching Grey's Anatomy many, many years ago, not giving out my age there, but I am. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I thought she was a fantastic actress. She got nominated 10 times for an Emmy for uh, her supporting actress uh, role as well, but never won. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, really. Uh, so I think it's a great uh, acknowledgement of her talent personally. And I think just for the entire diversity uh, community in Hollywood, we've all been been talking about how uh, black actors haven't been represented. We've been mm. talking about how Asian Americans haven't been represented fully. So I think it's a great um, acknowledgement of uh, their talent and their contribution as well. Yes, yeah, she's been nominated for the BBC America's breakout spy drama, Killing Eye. She was born in the Ottawa suburb of Nepean uh, to middle-class Korean immigrant parents. And look, I, I, I know her from Grey's Anatomy, but other you know kind of quirky movies I've seen her in as well. She's got so much personality. Uh, but what a breakthrough it would be if uh, an Asian actress or an Asian ethnicity actress would win. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. And I think, you know, my big moment right now when I was preparing for the interview was that why is this even news? This is the mm. 21st century. Yeah. So by now having an American act, uh, Asian actress uh, being nominated, not even one um, for her uh, lead role in Killing Eve, why is that even making news? Uh, we've seen in the past how other uh, Asian actors such as uh, Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. uh, Jet Li, mm-hmm. uh, we've had other uh, actors coming in from Bollywood like Irfan Khan from Slumdog Millionaire, yes, yeah, uh, Dev Patel as yeah. well and Frida Pinto. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just again highlights uh, the need for having different faces, the need of having different viewpoints in Hollywood. And Hollywood, let's face it, it's like this big high school clique. Yes, right? yes, of course. Yeah, it really is the in crowd isn't it? It is. I mean, you choose the people that you sort of want to work with. Um, you sort of exclude the others that don't look like you, perhaps, that don't talk like you, perhaps. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So let's move on to another story. I mean, the, the Thai soccer team uh, being released, uh, rescued, I should say, uh, will be released from hospital this Thursday after their ordeal. I mean, this is an incredible story. I mean, in a way, we almost take it for granted, but that rescue operation, so many things could have gone wrong. Um, You know, this is a story that I think will probably be one of the stories of the year. It would be. And honestly, it's just been uh, one of those stories that actually makes you uh, just feel more enlivened among the darkness Mm. and despair of everything else that's going on in the world. I think at some point last week, we all were on our tender hooks just thinking about how they will be rescued. It was great news that they were found alive on that ledge uh, when those two British divers uh, divers found them. Uh, But then really the the death of one of the rescue divers. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that sort of highlighted how difficult and dangerous that mission would be. 
thankfully, yeah, they all came out alive. Yeah, and some of the images that we're getting, like their Cheerios uh, on the video that's been released, uh, you know, thanking the people that saved them. Of course, we have the World Cup uh, coming to a conclusion. They won't be obviously traveling to the World Cup final, <laughs> but uh, no doubt they'll be watching that game uh, uh, tonight. Yeah, I'm sure they would be because, again, you know, we were just having that discussion before we went on air how Manchester United uh, wanted to invite them over and uh, they've been getting all these offers from different soccer teams around the world. So it's a shame. I mean, these are the boys who really would have appreciated that match between France and Croatia later tonight. Uh, but just watching it from their hospital beds, I think, would be just getting out alive, you know. Mm. That experience, Jason, I'm sure you're a parent. Mm. Uh, I have a son and just putting ourselves in those parents' shoes, it's just incredibly frightening. Um, just knowing that your child has not had food, water, uh, whether they'll survive or not. So I think, again, it just... It just made me smile. Yes. It was one of those stories that just made me smile. Yes, in, indeed. And talking about smiling, I had to laugh when uh, it was put out <laughs> there on social media about Manchester United's invitation for the boys to come and watch a game at Old Trafford. And someone said, don't you think they've suffered enough? Of course, we, we make light of this thing uh, with the Manchester United. It's with a fair the, remark. All the it's yes, a fair remark, yeah, Of course, uh, <laughs> the way that uh, Jose Mourinho's got them set up. So that's been uh, one story that we've followed with interest and we will continue to follow. But uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump's visit to the UK this weekend and protests uh, all around, around the country. He's in Scotland today uh, up with the family before the uh, Helsinki summit on Monday. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, as a, a journalist who's worked uh, all around the world, how surprised are you by the extent of the protests uh, against Donald Trump? Not surprised at all, to be honest, Jason, because we've seen this throughout the world wherever he has been uh, traveling and particularly in the UK where you have a strong civil community sort of coming out in hordes. And Donald Trump, in true Donald Trump fashion, has once again toned up standard etiquette for diplomacy by turning up not with flowers or a bottle of wine, but with a verbal grenade, perhaps, to <laughs> UK Prime Minister Theresa Yeah, with that, uh, that story in The Sun, which is, of yeah. course, a, a Rupert Murdoch publication linked to Fox News in the U- US, which is a a huge supporter of his, almost a mouthpiece. Exactly. And then for him to sort of turn turn around and say that, uh, well, you know, I, I actually think that she was very nice and that she is very nice and that The Sun uh, is uh, just a fake news platform, <laughs> to me speaks volumes. And there's a recording. The there's man. an audio recording of exactly what he said. So there's nothing left to chance here, okay? This yeah. is not some, you know, National Enquirer, you know, The Sun is obviously a, a sensationalized kind of tabloid, but there is an audio recording that's been released about all the things he said, and he said them. He does. And I think he sort of has those uh, convenient moments of amnesia when he does forget <laughs> about things that he's talked about. And Twitter is his great platform for that, I think. Mm, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I don't know if you saw the baby blimp that was put out. I did, of, yes. Of Trump. In central London, wasn't it? In, in central London, uh, mm. just I think above Trafalgar Square. And mm. it was it was just a manifestation of what people are feeling with him being on their soil. Um, you know, he sort of verbally talked about um, Merkel, Angela Merkel in mm. Germany, not doing a great job. Um, he's doing similar things with Theresa May in the UK. Uh, he sort of doesn't like weaknesses in leaders. So I think uh, the meeting with Putin in uh, Helsinki tomorrow, that would be one where he sees uh, of himself as perhaps an equal and perhaps even below Putin. He's just sort of intimidated by him. Mm. Yeah, look, it's interesting how he'll come out with something very negative against someone, then he'll lavish praise on them the next day. <laughs> It seems to, and it will be completely contradictory to what he said. 
Yes, I mean, but that is Trump. I think even people in his uh, administration have realized that they've started realizing that he is a bit of a hot wire, and that is how they would have to work with him. Mm. Uh, but when it comes to foreign policy, I think uh, the old age tactics of diplomacy um, actually work. Being silent and doing the work behind the scenes, much like the Thai cave boys rescue yes. incident, yes. I think speaks volumes instead of world leaders harping on about how well they're doing on uh, social media <laughs> platforms. But he even met the Queen and. I- I, I was wondering what the Queen would have thought about Donald Trump. Uh, they had uh, tea together, I think, in Windsor Castle. I used to live near Windsor, actually, so I know Windsor quite well. Yeah. Uh, but some of the things he comes out with talking about, you know, she's a beautiful lady inside and out. And some of the comments don't seem that appropriate to me. It seems like straight out of an Oprah show, I, I feel sometimes. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. I mean, just sitting on the couch there, having a nice bit of um, one-on-one uh, with his therapist, Quality time. perhaps. Yep. <laughs> with the Queen, nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, But I think her picture that we saw with uh, Melania and with uh, President Trump, um, I think that spoke volumes because, you know, you can see that she's slightly awkward. She's Mm. in the middle of the two. But, you know, she has to be the gracious hostess that she is always. And she's met Um, all kinds of leaders, you know, Robert Mugabe from Zimbabwe, you know, lots of uh, leaders that maybe don't have the best reputation. That's just what she does. That is what she does. And that is, I guess, as the head of the sovereign um, in the UK, that is what is expected of Mm. her. But It's a non-political role. It is a non-political role. She has to be the gracious hostess. And uh, again, I'm plugging The Crown, uh, coming back to a pop culture reference. Uh, I think that's a fantastic show, which it, gives us great insights. It, it, it really is a good show on Netflix. So we're looking ahead to Monday's uh, summit in Helsinki. We've touched on uh, Vladimir Putin, his relationship with Donald Trump. What do you expect to come out of this summit in Helsinki? So I think the Helsinki summit, uh, to say that it's a significant event, uh, would be a gross understatement. It's that uh, typical cliche that all broadcasters like to use, that this is the most anticipated summit in years. And I think it really is simply because uh, we've had those allegations of uh, election rigging in the US, uh, where you've had special counsel Robert Mueller uh, also indicting more than 12 uh, Russian, uh, either call them spies or officials, um, as you wish, it depends on your perspective, uh, as well as some of uh, Trump's own campaign managers. uh, And the backstory is that in 2016, uh, they found out it's sort of like the Watergate moment of Mm. the 21st century, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, where Russian hackers were hacking into the Democrats' um, uh, databases, particularly in Hillary Clinton's servers. And they would actually release information uh, to coincide with certain significant points of the election cycle to damage her reputation. So, of course, we're not saying that Hillary Clinton lost because of that, but it does go on to say how much um, the breaches might be happening when it comes to uh, Russia meddling in um, a third party or a third country's uh, sovereign affairs, which is quite disturbing if the allegations are found to be true. Yeah, and there have been some interesting developments since uh, Trump's been traveling, hasn't there, with the indictments, I think, is it 12 uh, or 16 uh, Russians uh, who are involved with this? Uh, And Robert Mueller is doing this um, inquiry into the collusion or obstruction of justice. What do you expect he's going to find? I think he's found a quite a lot already, to be honest. But I think it just shows the linkages between uh, the Trump campaign as well as the Russians perhaps might be deeper than what we thought it would be initially. Uh, It also showcases how um, Trump is actually on a weaker wicket when it comes to the Helsinki summit. Uh, He clearly will be raising the election rigging uh, process because that is what is expected of him. But he's done that before and he just says, well, look, you know, like like saying to you, are you wearing red today? And I can see that you are, but but you say no. I say, okay, I'll take your word for it. Right. (laughs) It's almost putting on those blinders. Yes, Um, it's almost like he doesn't want to to dig deeper for this because of 
one can only guess. Yes. And of course, I mean, if he does sort of um, endorse the fact that uh, Vladimir Putin was behind the election rigging, that also goes volumes into saying how legitimate his own position is uh, in the American people's eyes. Mm. But not a great position to be in, especially if you're talking about how your involvement in Syria might be affected. The U.S. has uh, ground troops in Syria. We all know that Russia is supporting uh, the Assad regime in uh, Syria as well. And we also know that uh, the U.S. troops are also fighting against ISIS, which is anti-Assad. Mm. Um, so it's it's all going to be very tricky to see how the conversation goes by. Uh, but I suspect there might be a winding down of the troops uh, in Syria, perhaps from this conversation. Mm, let's hope so. OK, for the moment, thank you very much to Peruna Suri, the, the uh, broadcast journalist here in Singapore, the International Newsweek in Review here on Money FM 89.3.